0: This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. The title of this uh, uh, message today is Now's the Time. Now is the Time. We're going to take our foundation text... Out of the book of Haggai, I imagine his nickname was Hag, (laughs) something like that, but anyway, hey, hey. I'm going to read some scriptures here in chapter 1, begin with verse uh, 2. Says a message from God, read now the message Bible. A message from God of the angel armies. The people procrastinate. They say, This isn't the right time to rebuild my temple, the temple of God. Now isn't the right time. And procrastinate means to put off to someday. You know, we've all been there, haven't we? Someday I'll get it right. Someday I'll give God my life. Someday I'll serve God. Someday I'll do what God wants me to do. Someday. Just not now. Well, there was a message sent by God. Verse number three, it says, shortly after that, God said more, and Haggai spoke. Now, how is it that it's the right time for you to live in your fine new homes while the home, God's temple, is in ruins? And then a little later, God of the angel army spoke out again. There was a message sent by God shortly after that original message, God said more. And a little later, God spoke out, again, verses 3 through 7. It says, take a good hard look at your life, think it over. You've spent a lot of money, but you haven't much to show for it. You keep filling your plates, but you never get filled up. You keep drinking and drinking and drinking, but you're always thirsty. You put on layer after layer of clothes, but you can't get warm. And the people who work for you, what are they getting out of it? Not much. A leaky, rusted-out bucket. That's what. That's why God of the angel armies said, take a good, hard look at your life. You know, three times God gave them time. Because God will speak, and then God will speak again. God will say it time and time again. and I've known people, I've, I've watched people, I've experienced this in my life where I knew that maybe this was the last time that I would be in a position to listen. You can't really hear if you're not listening. You know, there's some keys in this for us. It says, then God said, here's what I want you to do. Climb into the hills and cut some timber. Bring it down and rebuild the temple. Do it just for me and honor me. You know, uh, I've experienced this. I'm sure you have experienced this. You know, there'll always be times and there'll always be folks We've been one of them from time to time. Uh, that life is just about what I'm doing, what I want, what I think is going to fulfill me and satisfy me. Life becomes all about me. Uh, the whole world. I, you know, uh, I to. I have to have an. I have to have an interpreter. Uh, in life, Pastor Sandy helps me. That's what partners do in life for us, you know. Uh, That's why two is better than one. That's why uh, we need folks around us. Because we have one perspective, but life is really circular, you know. And you have other people that stand with you that can see things from a different position and perspective, and they can help you. And so, you know, I asked her, we've got a -a two-and-a-half-year-old living uh with us and stuff now staying with spending some time with us and um um I I asked Sandy, I said, is this is this just a phase? That she said, Yeah, she goes, they have to learn that that life isn't just all about them. Mine and what I want and everybody, you know, does And I'd forgotten about that because my two-and-a-half-year-olds are 40 and 38, and, you know, I mean, it's it's been a long, long time, you know, since I've had that much exposure, uh, you know, or has it. (laughs) And it's just simply a matter of maturity. There's nothing wrong with a a two-and-a-half-year-old being a a two-and-a-half-year-old. And we say it time and time again and one more time. And then there'll come the time when for the last time you've got to grow up. There needs to be change. <clears throat> I realize that you know, especially I see it in the church a lot of times uh, that uh, they'll, you know, the the dividing line, uh, a lot of times for folks is you have participators in life, you have spectators in life, and with the where the divide oftentimes is is in the doing. It, it's when it gets down to, you know, and I'm gonna. Now, now I need God to do for me, but don't ask me to do anything for God. Don't require anything of me. I need a God. I want a God who can help me. But you know, God. That's why I kind of believe that this was when God says, when God says, take a good hard look at your life and think it over. We're kind of at a place of, that, that should be paid closer attention to than just a casual glance or a, or a passing glimpse God is saying I'm trying to get your attention. I need you to pay attention. He said, here's what I want you to do. He said, do it just for me. Honor honor me. You've had great ambitions for yourselves but nothing has come of you know, we wouldn't we wouldn't we wouldn't recognize that as the root to the fruit of all the things that we're involved in, all of the things that we do. And these things are important. Now God left us here to walk on dirt and drink water and breathe air and do natural things. Uh, it's good we're we're running the world that He created. He that He set in order and that's what He wants. But He never wanted creation to replace the the Creator, He never wanted the activity or the task, you know, to become the idol or the God that we love, rather than the one that, that assigned us. What we, what we do, uh, for God is important. It's not as important to who we are, but to Him. But out of who we are to Him, we join Him in His work, and we do for God. Most, most uh, church-going uh, folks have, uh, that's a surprise to us that we, could, that we even could do anything for God or that God would need or want us to do anything for God. Here, this isn't very spiritual at all. You know, going up and bringing down wood from the mountain and, you know, uh, uh, rebuilding a physical structure called God's house, or is it? just seems natural. Or is it just natural? Now what we do for God, uh, God sees it as a, uh, as a very deeply worshipful thing, a spiritual thing that includes natural things. I, I wouldn't want to be a do-nothing. Yes. I, I don't want to stand in front of God <laughs> having done nothing. And I don't want to stand in God, in front of God thinking that what I've done is really something. Just obeyed God. God needed someone to do something. And he's wonderful at asking nobodies who are doing nothing, amen, to join him in his work. And that's enough, isn't it? You know, just to be with him. Just to be happy. Now listen. He says, you've had great ambitions for yourselves, but nothing has come of it. Now, you can have a very good life, very good life, you know, or you can have a great life. God stamped us with very good. When he created man, he, all of creation, he said, he saw that it was good. But when he made man, he said it was very good. Amen. Put man in, in uh uh, supreme authority, gave us ability to uh, manage all that he's made. But great, having a great life is a life that where we do it just for him, to honor him. You know, Jesus said this, and this uh, this prayer is enough. He said, the, the glory that I had with you, I want them to share that with me. I want them to be one with us as we're one. See, we don't have to sit on the throne. You don't have to, uh, you know, uh, think it's all about me and that I did all that and all that kind of stuff. It's enough that, that Jesus did it. God did it all. And we did all that he asked of us. And that's enough. We get to share in the glory of that, the pleasure of God, the greatness of God. You know, God does wonderful things. You know, I was reading in the, uh, uh, reading in the um, Psalms today, and David wrote this. He goes, I can't thank you enough. I cannot thank you enough. I find myself during the day just thanking God for everything, you know. If I did eat bologna, I'd thank him for my bologna. Amen. Sandy, don't buy bologna, but, you know, every once in a while we drive by Jackson, threaten to turn in and get a bologna biscuit. I've been times in my life, I'm telling you, Bloney was the best thing going. It beat okay. eggs every day. You eat eggs for six months, boy, you'll be glad to have some meat. And I don't care if they did ground it up and make it look kind of funny. And put a red ring around it, you had to peel off. It was good. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> it's good to be able to eat what you want to, when you want to, if you want to. If you've ever been hungry. It's good to have the problem of too many clothes if you've ever been cold and not have enough clothes. It's a wonderful thing to have any kind of roof over your head if you've ever had no place to lay your head. It's a good thing. It's a thing you can be grateful for. It's a thing to be glad about. I can't thank God enough. Everything I see, God did that. Everything in my life, God did that. Everything I've got, God gave that. Amen. Amen. So maybe it's just a small thing for me to give him the praise for that and offer that back to him for his use and for his service. Every gift, every talent, every breath, every heartbeat, every moment that's left in this journey. Let me ask you something. You've had great ambitions for yourselves, we all do but what's come of it. Let's look at things, because he really makes it pretty plain here. You know, I have to have help with measurements, because there are a lot of false measurements in this life. Men will tell you, well, this is what success is. This is what will fulfill you. This is what will satisfy. This is what uh, you need. Position and prominence and prestige and the praise of men and... You want everybody to think good of you. and That'll be enough. Now listen. Uh, here's the measurements. He said, he said, you've had great ambition for yourselves, but nothing has come. It's interesting. He says, the little you brought to my temple, I've blown it away. There was nothing to it. I would want to just come and show up. I give God an hour, or hour and a half on Sunday, and then all week long, God, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And I come in, and I'm going to sit down, and I'm glad for the folks that, you know, do everything that they do, but I'm just going to bring God a little. Now listen, he goes, nothing's going to come of that. Now think about that. Think about that, go to church our whole life, and that we get in front of God, and there was nothing to it, because it was just all, it just came from me. I just came to be blessed. I never got over into thinking about being a blessing. I've blown it away. There's nothing to it. And why? This is a message from God of the angel armies. Remember, because while you've run around caught up with taking care of your own houses, my house is in ruins. That's pretty challenging. He says that's why. That's pretty challenging is if we spend more time. Now, I've been guilty of this. I'm going to tell you what now. You know, uh, uh, at, 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 you know, now, uh, now here's the You know what to do with guilt, Right? You just, you just confess it and get rid of it, but you change so it don't come back. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I mean, you make a change so that you don't live guilty, you know, as an offender. All right. Now, now, you know, but we've all been guilty of this where, where, you know, run through the day and it's all about, you know, uh, uh. You know, what I got to do and what I got to do is, is what I think is going to, you know, help me and make me happy. And, and building our own lives and our own house, you realize that the house he's talking about here isn't just a physical building, but he said this, we are God's house. We're God's house individually and we're God's house corporately. That's right. We're what God is doing. Sometimes I've been what? I'm doing. Now, it's important, you know, it's important to be blessed because, you know, without the worker, there's no work. You know, but how many of you have ever been on the job where the folks were just taking up space? wasn't actually about accomplishing anything. They're there to get a paycheck. They're there to take advantage of every break. If they could slide some of their stuff over on top of you, all the more to it. They weren't there to... Uh Well, you just took a good look at church. Say to your neighbor, say, I never would have thought that of you. Come on, turn to them and say, I never would have thought that of you. I think better of you than that. I know better of you than that. Church isn't perfect, it's made up of imperfect people who do stuff like that. We all do, amen. <clears throat> Let's go down a little bit further. He said, here's the main reason he goes that, that, we're go, that, that we wind up, listen, the idea is not that you wind up with nothing or no one to show for your life. Both here and there. Now, I had Dr. Vickers say this. He keeps, this seems to be a running theme. He goes, you need to speak to this younger generation. You got to speak to them. He said, because if they don't invest in the kingdom of God, if they don't invest their time and their gifts and their talents, he said, they're going to be bankrupt when they get in eternity. They're going to have nothing and no one to show for their whole life the deception that's in the world is that it's just the world. That's all there is. That's not. We're here in this world, not of it for a reason. We're headed to eternity and it's going to last a whole lot longer there. Amen. You, know, you're, you're, you know, your little pile here is fodder for the fire. Yep. It, it's only to enjoy while we're here and then it's handed to another. We leave. And only eternal things go with them. <clears throat> what will you have to show for your life in light of eternity? Your investment in, of eternal value. Let me get a little more pointed here. It seems like we're having an adult conversation today with old Hag. Anything done for God? Let's bring it a little closer to home. Doing anything for God. To honor God, to glorify God. Let me go a little further. Who, not just what, but who will you have to show for your life in light of eternity? Let me encourage you folks. You know, fickle, faithless friends that don't want God and won't serve God that only live for themselves. Remember, birds of a feather flock together. If you want to see what a person is like, look at their friends. Will you only have Facebook, a Facebook friend following? No one following you as you follow. The Lord Jesus Christ, and build His house and His family. Those are very pointed questions. <clears throat> I think that we can afford to live our whole life and never answer the most important questions. You know, I heard a guy on a guitar channel I was watching, and and he was talking about you know spending money and buying gear and this or that and everything. He said, you know, he goes the He goes, the gear is good, the experience is good. He goes, sometimes, and you can always tell when somebody's speaking from experience, he goes, sometimes the life lesson. (laughs) You know, most of the life lessons I've learned have cost me dearly. They've cost me something. They were painful. They were, you know, they were... uh, it was a life lesson. It was a lesson in life of what worked and what didn't work, and what was important, and what wasn't so much important, and where my prior where priorities really lie. And let's go on here and says this says that's why because of your stinginess. Sometimes you just like to tear some portions of the scripture out of the Bible, you know. I like to interject myself into the thing. that says you will be blessed, you this, you're, you know, the apple of my eye. And then I get this thing where, you know, it says your stinginess. And I'm saying, Bruce Whitehill, you fit there. You fit there. You know, now, he's not talking about being stingy with other folk. He's talking about being stingy with him that I'm willing to give all this time to everything and everyone else, and then when it comes to God, I'm not so much. Anyway, let's move forward. And so I've given you a dry summer and a skimpy crop. I've matched your tight-fisted stinginess by decreeing a season of drought, drying up fields and hills, withering gardens and orchards, stunted Stunting vegetables and fruit, nothing, not man or woman, not animal or crop is going to thrive. You know, let me, listen, do you want to merely survive? You just want to survive this life? Just want to, I just want to get to heaven, brother. That's all I want. I just, you know, I just want to be saved. That's all. No, there's more to it than that. There's more that's available. There's not just to show up in heaven all by yourself. You, can, you have the unique that will never be offered again to bring as many people with you as you can. That your life through, through devotion to God, through attention to God, through generosity to God with yourself. With the, with the greatest commodity, you, your life, your time, your gifts, your prayers, your, your faithfulness to God, your giving to God of yourself. Money is, is so easy to throw at a thing. Some of you have trouble throwing money at anything but yourself, but trust me, money is so easy to substitute rather than giving of myself. And you know there's people that just go make money and say, you know, God knows my heart. You know, I'm working on, anyhow. And God says this, listen, he goes, because we reap what we sow. If we give little, we get back little. But if we give rich, I'm telling you, there's a prosperity that is lined up with these priorities. God's priorities will bring God's prosperity. But but it's reserved, listen, will you, do you? Will you merely survive or do you really want to thrive? Because I'm going to tell you what God is doing is always forever going to be greater than what I'm doing. And except and until I join him in his work, then I'm in on the great stuff. The greater works than he does. I'll do also when I join him in his work. To live the life that I was meant and made for. And I'm going to tell you how you know that as you tap into that. There's this, with purpose, there is this fire of passion. I know people get bored with church. I've been bored with church. And I'll tell you, mostly because my eyes got on other folks or on myself. They were not on him. Because he's on fire. I mean, he is passionate about what he does. Amen. Don't tell me it's not worth trying for. Don't try to tell me it's not worth dying for. Don't tell me because there's nothing I want more. Everything I do, I do for you. Live a life that we're men and made for a passionate purpose and have people for our lives. Now's the time to agree and align with God's assignment. Verse 12 says, Then the governor, Zerubbabel, son of Sheatiel, and the high priest Joshua, the leader, son of Jehoshadak, and all the people with them listened. They really listened to the voice of their God when God sent the prophet Haggai to them, they paid attention to him. In listening to Haggai, they honored God. Amen. In listening to the messenger, they heard the message. Then Haggai, God's messenger, preached God's message to the people. I'm with you. I'm with you, God's word. I'm with you. God with you, God for you, when you with God and you for God. Can you see that order that this was in? When they listened to God, when God challenged them, when they listened, really listened, then God said, I'm with you now. You're listening to me. I'm with you. But he wasn't, listen, he wasn't with them like he wanted and could be with them until they were with him. God will give you a good life. God will give you a very good life. But don't try to substitute that for the great one that he's planned for you, that he purposed for you. That you, that he made you for, and meant you for, especially you younger people. Let me tell you something. <laughs> the Bible says that gray hair is a glory given by God. It's a sign of a, a, li, a, a life lived. maybe survived. But I'm going to tell you, it's a fading glory. It's also a sign that your turn's coming. Your time is coming. When it'll be on top of you. And you'll be the messenger. I'll tell you the most effective message is When God sits down on top of the message and there's a weight on top of it, the words weigh heavily on our minds and on our hearts is when we are the message. I pray you see Jesus today. You know, I don't believe the devil did anything but steal. But steal and You know, he stole this song for out of heaven. The words go, look into my eyes and you will see what you really mean to me. Search your heart, search your soul. When you find me there, you'll search no more. So don't tell me it's not worth trying for. Sometimes you wonder why you walk out the door and across the lawn one more time. Why you kneel in prayer one more time. Why you cry out to God for people that only have sense enough to know they need Him or that He wants them. I can't help it Because there's nothing he wants more. Well my prayer is everything I do. God let me do it for you. It's all going to make sense or it doesn't make sense at all. If it doesn't line up with that, it's just, it's not a missing piece, it's a piece that doesn't even belong there. Because every day, in every way, my walking around life, my work a day life, my change a diaper life, my cook a meal life, my do what the boss says, my this, my everyday life, worship, to God. Everything I do, I do for you. Because there are people that are witnessing that kind of a great life. That there's a greater reason than just this problem. Just this moment that I'm in. There's There's a forever. There's an eternity that we're all headed for. Step by step little by little, day by day, and one by one. I want to be one that wins one, just one. Jesus was that way, wasn't it? The woman at the well and the man at the pool of Bethsaida and the one little man in a sycamore tree, one by one. Can't you hear him? says, the kingdom of God is if one, Pastor Ron's going to come, then we're going to, we're going to go. I pray we don't go the same we came. That's my heart, cries that we don't go the same that we came. Can't you hear? said, the kingdom of God is... a shepherd had a hundred sheep and one one wandered off one was lost but won't he leave the 99 that are safe and secure and go go into all the Search, seek, the one that was lost. Your work, the, where you work, is not just for you. You look around, is there one there? The grocery store you go to shop at, it's not just so you can get food. Maybe there's one there. The neighborhood you live in isn't just so... So that's important that you be safe and secure and be provided for but is there one maybe there And all that you've been and all that you've done and all that you are now and all that you're doing is just about you but maybe there's a greater purpose maybe there's just one there if we're looking for because he's looking You know, since 1983, I came to Jesus because of me and my family. I wanted my family. I wanted to keep my wife. I wanted to raise my own kids. I knew Jesus could help. But I found out then it was too good just for me and my four no more. I, the truck drivers at the woodyard needed Jesus. The, the boys that worked with me needed Jesus. The neighborhood needed Jesus. We'd knock on doors back then and you wouldn't get shot. You know, folks weren't surprised that we're <laughs> of a security system. Sometimes it's easy to live in a clouded day. Sometimes it's easy to forget. Till the Lord speaks, then He says it again. Then He says it one more time. I thank God I'm still in a position to listen really listen and in my heart of hearts don't tell me that since 1983 that it's not worth trying it's not worth fighting It's not worth dying and sacrificing it for because that's what he did. And he did that for each and every one of us. Listen, let me ask you today, are you with God? Have you given God your life? How we can give God our heart, but we incrementally give him our life, our whole life. I don't know about you, he keeps asking me for more but I found out what little bit I give him. He makes so much more out of it than I ever would have or could have by myself. Amen. Have you given him your life? Now's the time. Maybe the first time or maybe this time coming back to God,
1: but now is
0: the time. Want every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to ask you to take a good hard look at your life. No one else is looking around. You and God, know, But I'm going to ask you right now to look into His eyes and you will see what you really mean. To Him, search your heart and search your soul. And when you find Jesus there, you won't have to search anymore when you find the God that's been looking for you for so long your search will be over and your new life will begin I wonder if that's you here today you need to come to Jesus like I said maybe the first time or maybe this time you're coming back to God I want you just could you just as a sign of acknowledgement say That's me, preacher. Pray for me. Be honest with God and yourself. Just lift up your hand. You can put it right back down, but lift up your hand. You want me to pray for you today. We're going to pray a prayer together. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. You need to come to Jesus. You need to come back to God. Feel God's Spirit pulling on your heart right now give you just a moment. Slip your hand up. We're going to pray in just a moment together. God bless you. God bless you. All right, let's pray this prayer together. Jesus, here I am, just as I am. And I'm ready and I'm willing to give you me, my all, my past, my present, and my future. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior right now. I believe now's the time. It's your time and my time. Today is the day of salvation. And I believe. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, listen, if you're here, if you, those of you that lifted up your hand, did that because of the pull of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit working on your heart, your spirit. I want to commend you. It takes courage to do that. It really does. It takes courage to be honest and to search our heart. But when we find that there's room for Jesus there and we make room for him to sit on the throne of our heart, he most certainly will and he will help you. And if you'll follow him, and he will give you the ability to follow him, it's not hard to follow Jesus. His commandments are not grievous. It's not a list of do's and don'ts. It's simply living a life together with him. God says, I'm with you, see, and realize you're with God now. And just stay with him. That's all. Just look to him every day, and he'll make plain his path for your feet. He'll help you in this new life. There will be people up here on either side, leaders. They're trusted people. They are uh, they are people that have walked the same road to understand exactly the place that you and I are in where we need the grace of God. But there's something that happens when we connect with uh, the, the salvation of God it says we believe in our heart but confession is made with our mouth now now we're not a religion where you know I'm going to sit you know behind of a curtain and you're going to tell me all your stuff that's not what these <laughs> folks are here for that's not the kind of confession I watched a movie and the, uh, and the guy on there it was a, it was, a, there, it was a, a beautiful and tragic human story I'm interested in the human story, but the guy was throwing a big party, wild party. He said, I want you to call the circus people, I want you to call the magicians, I want you to call and, you know, the ins, the outs, the, the ups, the downs. He said, and call a priest because we're going to need to confess. <laughs> That's not the kind of confession that we're talking about here. It is the confession of professionism. I connected with God today. God moved on my heart, and I responded to Him today. No details, just that I will tell you, I just, I just, I just wanted you to agree with uh, me that I am agreeing and aligning with God's assignment for our life, for my life, and that's all. Then you not to be that fancy, you know. Sometimes, I remember, you know, just say, "I said yes to God today." I said yes to God today. I said yes to God today. And know that God has said yes to you. God. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.